Welcome to Dialogues with Nature. This podcast is for the curious kind who seek wonder in the often overlooked details of nature, interested in creative practices and appreciate a slow pace. So in this first episode, let me tell you about my own dialogue with nature, how it all began and what were the things that contributed to who I am today? Once upon a time, there was a girl who was born into a family as the youngest of three sisters in a faraway land in the middle of a continent where the summers were hot and dry and the winters white and cold. This was the land where the nomad hunts settled down, travelling from east to west over a thousand years ago. In this small corner of the world, folklore and traditions are still alive to this day. She had a grandmother who was wise and old, She taught her all she needed to learn and equipped her with the skills needed to seek her treasure beyond the borders, the seven seas and the peaks of glass mountains. The day came for her to embark on her lifelong adventure. Her blessing and curse was living without age and compromise. She walked on a path less travelled, free while wearing her heart on her sleeves, doing what she loved most. My hands were occupied from an early age with one of the most feminine crafts in the world, with needlework, weaving, crocheting and knitting, This is one of those inherited crafts passed down through generations from mother to daughter since the beginning of times. The ancient Greeks believed this craft was a gift to humans from the goddess Pallas Athene. I was one of these daughters in the lineage of my family to whom this craft was handed down to. The memories of using thread and yarn to create pattern texture and volume has left a profound impression on me and ever since I've been fascinated by making things by hand. It was around this time the foundations for my creative practice were laid. The simplicity and complexity of making interested me very much. Once I attended a conference at the Architectural Association in London and the name of the conference was Simplexity and complicity. Then I realized these two have inspired many other people too, and there were books written about how we can reconcile these two that sound contradictory yet complementary at the same time. So, what we call crafts in general have permeated my life since I was a child. I've been always fortunate to be surrounded by various craftsmen and artists who had an open mind and willingness to share their creative journey with me. 
Whether I was the one who sowed these creative communities or they found me, I cannot say for sure. Perhaps both. Either way, I can't think of a time when I wasn't making anything or had not been interested in making. Making for me is as essential as breathing. Making has been a way of healing those unspeakable wounds. Making is composing this melody that comforts. It is creating something that wasn't there before, taking up space with something new, using one's own hands and imagination, is one of the most nourishing things there is, at least for me. Making, to me, is a way of life, I dare say. I remember hearing someone once saying how you do anything is how you do everything. I feel this is true for making as well. Once I learned how to make something well, I would strive for that quality in all things I made. As well as studying fine art, I also studied for a year at the Buddhist University in Hungary to ground myself more and deepen my connection to myself. I've always been intrigued by spiritual practices and seeking meaning in intangible ways. The lessons I learned there stayed with me. I live an inner life that is supported by my creative practice. In fact, they mutually support one another, it seems to me. Reading poetry in my everydays is one of my rituals that also contributes to who I am and my understanding. I learned many poems by heart as a child, recited them at, and won competitions and for a time I was hoping to become a professional actress. I was even playing on a stage. I didn't pursue a career in theatre, but my love for poetry remained. Recently, a new friend online said to me, in her experience, poetry demands attention from the reader. It's not a light or easy read. I've been thinking of this since, and I have to agree. Nonetheless, poetry is something that never fails to comfort me when I'm in doubt or I feel lost. I believe it is a craft of words. Although I started my first creative business when I was around five, I was already a budding entrepreneur back then, making clothes for my little dolls and selling them at kindergarten. My full-time professional creative practice did not come without struggle and only began until much later. The journey from textile to clay took many years through several art schools, countries and jobs. Amongst other things, I worked as a florist, a cleaner in a hotel, I was a barista in a cafe, I was a dog walker and the annoying person handing out leaflets by the underground station you are trying to avoid. I self-taught learned English and Spanish fluently as I was living and working in both of these foreign countries. At one point, while I was still an art student, one of my jobs was being a language coach for a while and I helped others learn languages too. 
And funnily, in recent weeks, someone else also just found me through a friend needing my help with learning Hungarian. I don't know yet whether this is something I will continue doing, but who am I to deny my destiny and offer the world this service I am really good at? Back to my creative journey. My path from clay to bronze through sculpture was shorter. It began with pottery classes when I was 5-6 and a ceramic design course at age 14 that led me to a fine art college to study sculpture. The more I learned about craftsmanship, the more I appreciated what goes into making things. I cannot help but notice when attention and skills come together to shape materials in wonderful ways. I'm, I'm particularly drawn to three-dimensional qualities. The interplay between positive and negative forms in sp spatial dimensions I find particularly fascinating. I arrived to this wonderful material bronze in a small art foundry in Hungary where I made my first piece of bronze sculpture for my graduation from art college. It was an abstract piece inspired by the Sydney Opera House the Danish architect John Utzon designed. My main interest at the time was the fragments and their relationship to the whole. I spent loads of time while I was an art student cutting up organic spherical forms into pieces and putting them back together, rearranging them, composing new forms with them. The taking apart something that is whole and then putting the pieces back together in a new way, just like a child builds from wooden blocks or Lego pieces, that constructivist urge in me was strong. And so how fragments relate to the whole is a question that is still present in my artistic search. What has become my full-time work over the past four years is Ashleaf, a small art practice that stems from the Crucible Foundry in southwest London. Two sculptors, Sam Dalton and Damon Ronsley, owned this foundry where I turned up one day with my baby on my back and I said I was a sculptor who worked in a foundry in Hungary before and I came to find some work there. They welcomed me as if I was family and I stayed there doing metal work and worked on many design projects. I've grown a lot as a craftsman, artist and mother under the foundry's wings. After some time, Sam has shown me a box full of dusty bronze leaves he made and I said, yes, these are brilliant. Let's work on this and develop these leaves into something truly amazing. Eventually, after um, loads of trial and error, we perfected the technique and decided to call this bronze leaf making business Ashleaf. It is a poetic name that does not refer to leaves that grow on the ash trees, but rather it references the very process, how leaves turn to ash in a kiln during the casting process, leaving a cavity where later the bronze is cast into. We specialize in live casting leaves in bronze. 
This means that the original leaf disappears in the process, and what remains is an entirely unique bronze sculpture that has all the fine details the original leaf had. This is an adaptation of the last wax casting process that is a very ancient technique. As Ashleaf took centre stage in my creative practice, my interest and appreciation of nature deepened through working with leaves. I took a basic botany course to learn about trees and plants a few years ago, as I do not come from a scientific background, but I am very interested in ecology. Leaves are something I immediately connected with. It reached deep into my roots, to memories of those early years when time when time was always slow and the hours seemed long. The times I spent outdoors in nature growing up in the rural countryside in Hungary. Reconnecting with nature this way, through craftsmanship, is something I value. What has also helped me to connect with nature to view it from a new perspective is motherhood. Raising a child to me inherently involves loads of time spent outdoors in all weather and watching how nature changes throughout the seasons. We collect leaves and gather a lot from nature every day, bringing our treasured finds home. My child is an integral part of my life and someone I share my creative practice with. We spend a lot of time making things together. And also, I have all reason to believe he's an artist too. This reminds me, Picasso once said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. The meditative rhythms and repetition involved in every form of craft, to me, relates directly to the seasons and cycles in nature. There is a parallel there, and drawing inspiration from nature's way is how I believe craftsmanship developed over time. I hope to explore this in future episodes more in detail with others in conversations. All in all, everything I do is interconnected. I hope I manage to include here some of those important elements to my story that gives you a better understanding where I come from and the journey I took to get to the place where I am now. I trust that each step I take forward helps pave the way for the next. This podcast is one of these steps, bringing together two things I'm passionate about, craftsmanship and nature. I hope to create space for discussions to unfold around these subjects. I'm interested in how through observing a particular aspect or detail allows us to see and relate to the bigger picture with more insight. So in this first autumn-winter season, until the end of the year, I planned eight more episodes. And in each episode, I'm going to talk to a creative practitioner who has a strong association 
with the current season and we will also be discussing seasonal elements to their work. You will hear me talking to an independent publisher of nature writing, um, a tea farmer, a painter and pigment collector, a writer, a woodcarver, a poet, a photographer and an artist who works with materials gathered from nature. If you enjoyed this episode and um, you know someone who might also like to listen to this, please share it with them. Also, you can share it in social media and tag me. I am Walking Lantern, both on Instagram and Twitter. Furthermore, if you'd like to support me making this podcast, you can invite me for a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a beautiful day.